The last time we met, things got crypto ridiculous as we discussed the crypto kitties craze. But on this episode, we're going to get crypto serious as we welcome an extremely knowledgeable guest to the show. Many of you have questions about the future of Bitcoin. Well, this episode features an incredible discussion we had with Ronnie Moas of StandpointResearch.com. He's one of the top 20 investment analysts when it comes to being accurate in his projections. We were so intrigued by Ronnie's knowledge and his passion that we had an extended conversation that's going to intrigue you as well. So put away any distractions and listen in because you are going to love Episode number 60 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. in 177 countries around the world. It's the Bad Crypto Podcast. I'm Joel Com, and this is Travis Wright. Hello, Travis. Hello, Mr. Joel Com. I just want to say that your ability to write teasers is the best in the crypto podcast business. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> they call me Teasy McTeaserston. Crypto, the crypto teaser. One day in the not too distant future, we are going to go live and we're going to show people how we actually record the show. You know, what you guys get is the fully edited version that is produced by Aaron uh, at Aaron the Tech. And he does a great job producing the show. But I think it'd be fun for us to go live and let you watch us produce because I write these teasers as we're getting ready to do the show. I'm like, all right, shut up, Travis. Let me write the teaser. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he'll be making jokes. And I'll be like, I'm trying to write the teaser here. <laughs> yeah. And so I write the teaser and, and then uh, we just jump into it. So well, let's do that in the not too distant future when we got time. Uh, we'll just go live and, and let you guys see behind the scenes via video as we uh, record an episode. I love that. We'll go back. We'll go back, uh, back in time to the year 2000, which to me still sounds like the future, doesn't it? Like, oh, go man. back in time. The year 2000. Oh my God. That seems like a, it seems like it's so long, so far away from now, right? So, the year 2000, the that distant future. future. Yeah. Yeah. That was <laughs> that actually in the past, you guys. This is to the year 2017. Is. I know. Uh, speak, but let's talk about the present because in the present, our show sponsor is the Zilla app. Come on, you know what we're talking about. And you even know the website. Go ahead, say it with me, zla.io forward slash bad. This is the app that is coming out that's going to allow you to rate ICOs. And many of you are going, we want the app, we want the app. Well, the beta app, it, it may be out by now. I don't know. I need to check the the app store or maybe uh, Abasa Phillips can let us know an update on when it's coming. But the wallet functionality will be coming shortly after. And uh, this app should be ready for you to play with soon and uh, assuming that you are in a region where you can use it then you'll be able to download it so go to zla.io forward slash bad it's coming real soon yeah yeah forilla download zilla find all the top ico dealers <laughs> <laughs> Um, I said we weren't going to be crypto ridiculous, but we just that, can't help that ourselves. That just flew out. I don't even know. <laughs> you didn't even know that was going to happen. Didn't even know. Well, we just we had an interview today with Ronnie Moes. This dude, oh my gosh, I just I didn't want this call to end 
And, you know, I wanted to respect his time. It went a little longer than our interviews usually do. Mm -hmm. And he is just a wealth of information. I mean, the the dude is super sharp. He's been in investments, uh, investing and in the markets, you know, for several decades now. And he has made so many predictions, you know, about the markets and they timestamp them. Right. Bloomberg, Yahoo Finance, Briefing.com, Dow Jones Newswire. So they can look back and go, okay, this person predicted this. And were they right? Mm -hmm. And he's got impeccable rightness. Yeah. The dude is actually (laughs) number eight. If you go to his Twitter account, he's number eight in accuracy out of 4,600 and some odd analysts, is what it says on his Twitter, from the tip rank site from in the last 10 years. That's over 600 recommendations. Now, what I thought was really fascinating about this call is this dude, this dude knows his stuff and he has a unique perspective where we always say, Hey, we are not financial advisors. This dude is a financial advisor, one of the top 10 in the world when it comes to uh, his performance. So this is no joke. Yeah. This is real life. You, what you guys write us and ask for recommendations, you are about to get recommendations about the future of Bitcoin from a guy who has an incredible track record. And not only that, you're going to discover that this man also has a huge heart. Oh, uh, what you're you're going to find out about how, what he's involved in. I'll leave it, um, you know, for the actual interview to reveal. But what he's doing to make a difference in the world is just super impressive. You know, he did say he did say this. It says, you know what? A lot of people in the world of finance are, you know, this is kind of the gist of it, are kind of greedy and they, they always are trying to get more and gain more and they don't give back and give back. So that's one of the things, uh, everyone who's listening to this, to this podcast, man, you know, we're having fun with this and we're bringing joy. We're trying to, you know, make the world a better place, but it's up to you guys to help make the world a better place too. And as you become more prosperous in this space and as you're making more money and becoming more fruitful in, in the way, make sure to give back, find something that pulls your heartstring and make a difference. And as Mr. Joel Com says, do good stuff. That's right. In fact, I want to issue a challenge to you, the citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. You're going to love this episode so much. You're going to be so jacked after listening to Ronnie talk. I'm going to challenge each and every one of you to share this episode with one person. Okay, each person that's listening right now, because you're going to want to, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I need to send this to. So Julie, you have to listen to this, Julie. Right. This is going to be this is the one. This is the one. You know, we thought it was going to be the Thanksgiving episode where we kind of broke it down. No. Th- that was that was amateur. This is a pro. So, uh, go ahead, put your hand in the air right now. Put your other hand on your heart and say I solemnly swear that I will share this episode with somebody who needs to hear this message. All right. In bad crypto I trust. Let's go to the interview. Travis, we've had so many guests on our show, uh, but we have not really had a analyst. You know, we're not financial advisors. <laughs> we don't know. You know, we, we're just a few months into this. That's true. We, we've established that. Right. But we have with us today, we're really privileged to have one of the top people in terms of being accurate and being able to call what's happening in the market. He's got a track record. His name is Ronnie Moat, and he is one of the tops from 2008 to 2017 in being able to predict 
performance, and we're, we're talking credibility from Bloomberg, Yahoo Finance, Briefing.com, Dow Jones Newswires. He's one of, and he's also a, a great philanthropist. And we're going to be able to talk a little bit about some of the great work he's doing. Ronnie Moas, welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're, we're really glad you're here. And, you know, I kind of laid the, um, the foundation for, you know, what you've done in terms of being able to predict the markets. But if you want to go ahead and give a little bit more about your background so our audience can get to know you, please do. Yes, I have a top 10 ranking on Wall Street versus more than 4,000 analysts for my performance the last 10 years. That covers more than 600 recommendations that I put out. Every single one of them was time-stamped intraday by at least four different newswires. I've given more than 100 television, newspaper, radio, and magazine interviews. Uh, if you Google my last name with Bitcoin right now, it is generating more than 1,000 results on the search engine. And um, since the 1st of July, I've had more than 20,000 visitors to my website from 140 countries around the world. Very nice. So, uh, so you are at Standpoint Research, and you've been you've been doing a lot of um, prognosticating and figuring out what's what's going on next in in the stock market world. And you've recently uh, transitioned and started chatting more about Bitcoin. So, I guess one of the first questions is because I've noticed that you know on your site you say you've set a fifty thousand target price for Bitcoin by twenty twenty seven. Here we are already uh, going on $12,000 on Bitcoin. You know, uh, there's been people saying that Bitcoin could hit 40000 by the end of next year. And so here we are today when we're recording this at a, a crypto market cap of $355 billion. Two weeks ago, Ronnie, it was $250 billion. We've grown $100 billion in market cap in two weeks. So where do you see us now? Do you have you do you have you re revised your estimates by the end of uh, 2018? What are we kind of looking at? What's 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 the crypto world going to be looking like over these next year or so? Well, I am not trying to be a hero and compete with the people online for who has the highest Bitcoin price target. The $50,000 target that I set is an old target that was set at the beginning of July when Bitcoin was trading below $3,000. My conservative forecast looking out three to five years is between $100,000 and $150,000. The way that I get there is as follows, and this is very important for people to understand. We already got a 10 to 15 times return in 2017. I'm expecting now another 10 to 15 times between now and 2020, conservatively. How do I get to $100,000 or $150,000 on Bitcoin? It's very simple. We have $200 trillion right now spread out across stocks, bonds, gold, and cash around the world. That's $25,000 for every man, woman, and child. Again, $200 trillion, cash, stocks, bonds, and gold. All four are overvalued. If 2% of that $200 trillion ends up in crypto, you're looking at a $4 trillion valuation, 13 times where we are today, and it puts Bitcoin at $150,000. And that assumes they will hold on to their market share. I don't advise people to put all of their crypto money in Bitcoin. Quite the contrary. You remember what Michael Douglas did to Mike Tyson? You remember what Facebook did to MySpace? You see what Uber did to the taxi drivers. You remember what the iPhone did to BlackBerry. 
You see what Amazon did to Barnes & Noble. My point is there is no guarantee that Bitcoin will stay at the top of the mountain. They probably will, but you have to hedge yourself just in case someone else in the top 20 knocks them off. Longer term, I think Bitcoin will be the number one valued currency in the world. It will be on the same level as gold and China at $7 trillion. Depending on how long it takes to get there, it will be three to $400,000 on Bitcoin, depending on how long it takes to get there and where gold is trading at the time. So I have so many questions. This is, you know, it's brilliant to hear you say this so authoritatively because we aren't, you know, authorities in this. We're still learning along the way, but we've both got the feeling that this is something big. This is blockchain is is groundbreaking and that we are still in the early part of the technology adoption curve. So if you look at, you know, the adoption curve where you've got your pioneers and then your early adopters, then your mass adoption, then of course, late adopters, where do you see us on the curve? We, we haven't even gotten 1% penetration yet. Mm-hmm. We're in so the second inning of a nine inning game right now. So would you perhaps say we're in the, the early adopter portion of the technology adoption curve? And if so, when do you see mass adoption, you know, beginning to take place? I think it's starting already. We're getting more than 1 million new accounts every day, every week are being opened, 1 million. Mm -hmm. And Wall Street hasn't even attacked this yet. And you know they will not let this opportunity slip through their hands. We are at a million new accounts being opened every day. And that is why names like Litecoin, Ethereum, and Bitcoin are hitting new highs every day because there's this crushing demand coming in. And the difference between this market and every other market you've seen before is that the supply side is not reacting because it can't react. The the supply is capped. So you have a situation where millions of people are coming into this market trying to get their hands on something that really isn't for sale. So they're being forced to bid the price up in order to lure sellers into the market to part with the coins that they have. But as the, as the awareness is rising, people are realizing that you, this is not something you want to sell at any price. And that is why the, the supply-demand balance, imbalance here is just absolutely mind-boggling. You're going to have a situation in a few years where there are 200 million people trying to get their hands on a few million Bitcoin. Yeah, that's one of the things that we've talked about, you know, quite regularly on this show is that, you know, there's 21 million of them total. That that's that's what we'll, that's how many there will be in the year 2140. Right now there's less than 17 million and there's estimates that about 4 million of them are lost and Satoshi Nakamoto probably has around a million of them, meaning that there's really only 12 million uh, that that can be potentially purchased, right? A lot of people aren't selling them. Everything that you just said is correct. The one thing that you left out is the fact that of those 12 million, most of them are not available for sale. I'm not selling you mine, and my neighbor isn't selling you his. So the real number is probably three, four, five million. And you have probably 200 million people are going to come into this market in the next couple of years. Do the math. A million people a week opening up new accounts. You're going to have a couple of hundred million people fighting over a few million Bitcoin right. Ronnie, two years from that's now. So, so you're so right on. Have you ever seen any marketplace like this? What, do you, what would you compare this to? There is nothing to compare this to. And one of the reasons I think that Bitcoin will catch gold 
is because I don't know how much gold there is in the ground. Mm. I know how much Bitcoin there is. All right? I also don't know what I can do with the gold bar that is under my mattress. I can't do anything with it. Not only to, not, and you have hundreds of millions of people in the world that don't have access to bank accounts. They can now open their own businesses and transact with cryptocurrency. I have Venezuela wants me to go on, they want me to go on television in Venezuela now. The people that were sitting on their local currency and it's dropping by two, three, four percent a month. You have an entire country that's dying to convert their domestic currency into Bitcoin and actually have a currency that appreciates in value. So I've never seen anything like this before in 20 years. Ronnie, what do you think of uh, the Venezuelan president just announcing that they are going to develop their own cryptocurrency, the Petro? Do you think that a government-instituted currency can work? I put that headline out in my daily notes this morning, actually, but I did not have time to read the article. Yeah, so it is a government currency, and basically they're going to uh, uh, hedge it against gold and oil and their other resources. So I think they're, you know, they're going to rob Peter to pay Paul, and I'm wondering how the people are going to react to that. But we'll we'll let you uh, get a look I at think, that. So do you- yeah, I think the government, I think anybody in Venezuela at this point will be skeptical about anything that the government has its stamp on. I work with one of the biggest charities in the world. We distributed a billion dollars in humanitarian aid last year to 18 Latin American and Caribbean countries. But we did not go into Venezuela because we were afraid of the corruption and, and that it was not safe. So I think it would be very hard to convince a lot of people in Venezuela to trust the government's stamp on anything. But at this point, they have nothing to lose. So anything that replaces the domestic currency will probably be applauded. Uh, when we're talking about government. And, you know, China outlawing ICOs and Venezuela trying to come up with their own currency. My first question is about the U.S. government. And is it possible to ban Bitcoin in the Western world? Or is it a futile thing that just can't happen? Look, if you take the crypto market cap right now, it's more than... Papa John's, Foot Locker, Goldman Sachs, Starbucks, and Tesla combined. All right, this is already too big to put back in the box. There is a concern that I do have when I hear that there are a half a million Coinbase accounts in the United States, and 98% of them did not mention this on their IRS form last year. That is a a concern. So yes, there is a concern about Uh, regulation and how the IRS is going to crack down on this. But when you're looking at a situation where you can get a 10 to 1 or a 20 to 1 payout, which is what we get if I am right on this, you have to ask yourself one question. I've asked hundreds of people this question in the last few weeks, hundreds, every single person I speak to, and 98% of them answer me the same way. You have to ask yourself, what would be more painful? to risk and lose a few months of your salary on this or to sit on the sidelines and find out that I was right and that you blew an opportunity to knock five or 10 years off of your retirement age. That is what we're dealing with here. A 20 to one payout where if you put 25 or $50,000 in this, it could be worth a half a million dollars five years from now. Then you roll it over into the stock market and it'll double from a half a million to a million within 20 years. 
So you're looking at an unbelievable return here, and you're only taking a little bit of risk. Everyone has to decide where they want to be. How much do they want to risk? What can they afford to risk? Will they be able to recover if this whole thing goes up in smoke? You have to understand this is a currency. It will sink or swim based on consumer confidence. Every currency in the history of mankind has eventually gone to zero. The U.S. dollar is down 75% since I was born 50 years ago. So that is the way I look at it. I wrote a 122-page report on cryptocurrency in July. But all of that can be summarized in, in that one question. Are you willing to risk a few months of your salary in return for a 20 to 1 or a 10 to 1 payout? And nine, 95 people out of 100 are, are deciding to do that. Yeah, you know what's crazy when you get your mom involved in crypto. Like, so my mom just turned 65 and, uh, I got her, I gave her Bitcoin for her birthday, right? And she's like, what is this? What is this magical internet money? This is crazy. And then, and then, that, then she's noticed it's gone. You know, it's, it's already, I think nearly three X'd, uh, since I gave it to her. And now she's like, wow, this is, this is, a, you can send me more of this. And so I got her set up on Coinbase. That way I could literally just, help her out whenever she needs some additional money. I could send her some crypto. If she wants to sell it on, you know, with her debit card that's attached to her Coinbase account, she can. But so far she's kept it because she's like, I don't know, this keeps going up. I probably just better keep holding on to it. And so, you know, so people are starting to figure this out. So I, I want to ask you about this because the CME, they have said they're going to be doing Bitcoin futures. Uh, NASDAQ is going to do Bitcoin futures. There are some other people who are talking about this. What are your thoughts on that and how is that going? going to impact the 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 total marketplace and, and what does that even mean because a lot of people don't even understand that whole futures thing and and how that's going to impact and maybe stabilize the market i want you to please excuse my french okay but there are a lot of bastards in chicago and new york that are going to try and crash this mm. they are going to try to manipulate this price and corner the market they will dump hundreds of millions of bitcoin on the market and try to create a panic and then when that panic causes a capitulation and a, a collapse in the price, they are going to quietly come in and buy back three or four times what they dumped at a fraction of the price. And people have to be careful about this. You have to play Bitcoin right now the same way you played Amazon the last 20 years. You have to buy it and you have to hold it. And every time there's a correction, add to your position. Amazon went from $40 to $1,200. And there have been people trying to short the crap out of this thing for the last 20 years. And they got their heads handed to them on a plate. And that is what is going to happen to the people that try to short this thing. Now, if someone tries to manipulate this and drop the Bitcoin price, you have to maintain your composure and buy it as it's coming down. This is what I told people to do when Jamie Dimon made his comments two months ago. The price has tripled since then. Do, do you see, uh, you know, so you hear everybody say it's a bubble, it's a bubble, it's a bubble. Well, everything's okay. a bubble, right, at some point. But go ahead and address that. Okay, there's no bubble here. The only bubble I see is in the $200 trillion that is in cash, stocks, bonds, and gold right now. Mm -hmm. There is no bubble here. Bitcoin, as far as I'm seeing right now, is undervalued by 80 or 90%. You missed the move from 1,000 to 12,000. It's okay. You haven't missed the move from 12,000 to $120,000 yet. And I'm being conservative. I'm not even telling you where I really think it's going. There are two people that are highly regarded. Just last week came out with million dollar targets on Bitcoin. 
I'm not going near there. My target is that Bitcoin, which is right now number 26 in the world, valuation amongst 193 currencies, it's number 26, I think, or 25. I think it's going to hit number one within 10 years, which would put it somewhere between six and seven trillion dollars on the same level as China and gold, which by coincidence have the same valuation right now. So there's no bubble here. This is like telling me in 1996, when we went from one million internet users to 10 million, that it was too late to invest because it had already gone up a thousand percent. What happened the next hmm. year? We had the watershed moment. The Netscape browser came out, and we went from 10 million users to a billion almost overnight. Here was my math on that. So we had James Altucher on the show, and we we discussed that $200 trillion of all these assets worldwide, paper, gold, stocks, all that other stuff, right? And so my thought was, okay, so let's say there's $200 trillion. Let's say that all got put into digital money down the road, right? Cryptocurrency, because it seems to me that, you know, eventually with a 5G world, we're all going to want to have that ease of use of digital currency and, and, and digital money. And so if $200 trillion moved into digital money and if Bitcoin maintained just a 30% dominance in that cryptocurrency, then that would mean Bitcoin could be $3.5 million eventually based on the math. That's assuming there's 17 million of them in circulation, right? So the numbers could be really, really high. And that's interesting to me. But I want, since you're an expert in this space, I want to ask you about gold and silver manipulation because there is so much paper gold, so much paper silver on the market that it actually manipulates the actual real price of gold like i don't know how we can go through three quantitative easings and just keep printing and printing and printing money but gold not move in price at all it's obviously manipulated from my perspective what are your thoughts on that and can they do that exact same thing with bitcoin if they start doing this bitcoin futures and stuff can they try to manipulate and create paper uh trading uh mechanisms uh for 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 their traders first part of your comment okay about how this is going to be adopted. Last week, someone called me on Tuesday night from London and he wanted to pay for my service. And we agreed on 0.16 Bitcoin, okay? I said, thank you so much for trusting me. I hung up the phone, I went to my computer. Three minutes later, the money was in my account. Had he done this with the traditional banking system, he would have had to wait till the next morning when the bank opened. He would have had to walk 15 minutes to the bank wait 15 minutes online, go into a cubicle, sign papers, show ID, pay the bank $40 to wire me the money, and I may have gotten it three days from now, three days later, okay? So my whole point is for me to go back from cryptocurrency to the old banking system right now would be the equivalent of me asking you to replace your computer with a typewriter. It's not going to happen. If you remember the Jetsons cartoon from the 1960s, we're there now. And this is where the blockchain and Bitcoin is going to lead us into the next half uh, of the 21st century. Now, as far as gold and silver goes, I'm from the stock market and gold and silver is less than 2% of the stock of the stock market valuation. So I don't spend too much time on, on those commodities. 
all right, I'm a stock guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not an expert on whether or not the gold and silver prices were manipulated. I know there are a lot of people who are trying to sell books and newsletters that try to scare you in or out of gold and silver, but I, I haven't seen um, any evidence. I haven't had the time to look at whether this is actually true or not, but I imagine that it is. I, I, think, I think that there have been instances over the years where there was documentation and evidence that you could not dispute that there were people in Chicago and New York trying to manipulate commodities prices and corner the markets. Mm. And yes, it could happen but in Bitcoin. It could happen in it, Bitcoin. It, if, if this is the Jetsons, I'm waiting for my maid, Rosie, my, my robot maid. <laughs> right, Joel, come. Right. Um, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's probably at Elon Musk's uh, Tesla production. Uh, right, right. right she's, she's going up in SpaceX. Uh, so with all of the, you know, crypto blowing up, all of these companies that are doing ICOs, there's so many utility tokens. You know, I talked to some people that say, oh, there's going to be a million different tokens. And then others say most of these are going to go away. They're not going to work. And there's just going to be a handful. Where do you think? Are we blockchaining everything? And will there be? you know, a million tokens or not. All right, this is, all right, this is very serious, what you're talking to me about, and I need your listeners to listen to what I'm saying right now. There are a lot of pump-and-dump scam operations here. There are now more than a 1,000 names on CoinMarketCap, and my gut instinct is that more than 90% of them are low-quality, pump-and-dump, risky scam operations. All you need to pull off a scam operation in this unregulated industry right now is a $25,000 website, a $25,000 white paper. You pay someone under the table from some university to sign off on it, and you have someone speaking on behalf of the company that knows how to lie to your face. There's your scam. It costs less than $100,000, and you can put a few million dollars in your pocket the day after you turn the switch on. Now, what is important for people to understand is this. I used to be, I was in the stock market the last 20 years. And if I promised you, and if I promised you 10 to 15% a year on your money, you would have been very, very happy with me. Now I'm telling people that they can make 1,000 to (laughs) 1,500% over the next three to five years, and they're not happy. They said, that's not enough for me. I want you to give me intraday trading alerts. And I also want you to tell me which ICOs I should go into. Mm. <laughs> that's the level to where we have stooped in our society. And that's probably a good way, a good segue to what I was talking about to you in the, in, before we started the interview about the charity. We have enough in this world to satisfy everyone's needs, but not everyone's greed. We live in a greedy society where people are stuffing their faces with things that they don't need when we had 3 million children starved to death already this year. So as far as ICOs go, I'm not even looking there. If you can't make money in the top 50 cryptocurrencies right now, you're on your own. I think there is enough money to be made in the top 50. You don't have to be looking at the bottom of the barrel for some junk that will probably end up going to zero. Let's talk about that, Ronnie. Foodforthepoor.org. This is your organization. You're very philanthropic. Talk a little bit about what the organization has done and and what you're trying to accomplish. Foodforthepoor.org is a five-star charity that was established in 1982 
Last year, we distributed more than $1 billion in humanitarian aid. Administrative expenses were less than 5%. The aid went to 18 Latin American and Caribbean countries. We added Puerto Rico after the recent hurricane to the list of countries and territories that we assist. I have a fundraising page that is linked to the Food for the Poor website, and I'm trying to raise $10 million. Yesterday, I got my 400th donation. My page is foodforthepoor.org backslash my last name. That's M like Mary, O-A-S like Susan. Foodforthepoor.org backslash Moas. We have a unique business model. We get donations from our corporate partners. 4,000 container loads of humanitarian aid come into our headquarters every year. And the cash donations that we receive pay to get the 4,000 container loads from here to the places that we are distributing the aid. We also distributed 400 million meals this year, and we built 5,000 double-unit concrete homes to take 30,000 people off the street. Uh, it's a magnificent organization. I have given so much of my time and money to them that the uh, executive director of the charity took me with him to Haiti back in March, and I got to see firsthand where the $300 million that was allocated to Haiti ended up going. We have 4,500 beneficiaries there. Every school, every hospital, every orphanage, every old age home, every farm, every fishing village got something from us. It came out to $75,000 of aid on average to each beneficiary, and we don't give them cash. It's food, books, medicine, clothing, school supplies, construction materials. That is amazing. We're almost speechless here. So this is this is pretty fantastic that you're doing such a, such great work and you're actually, you know, going in, giving them the food and the supplies and whatnot that they need because, you know, in a lot of those countries, the reason that they are in such dire situations is because of corruption within the government or corruption within politics or some of those organizations there. And so coming in and, and dropping off the food is way better than, than dropping off, off the money. So, so good, good job on that. That's amazing. Yeah. We will not operate in any country that taxes humanitarian aid at the port. Anyone that tries to tax us or any government official that tries to get their hand in the pot, we will not operate there. There is something very important that I want to say, because there are not that many nice people in my industry from my 20 years of experience. But I did come across someone last week who attended the Food for the Poor event in Fort Lauderdale that I sponsored. His name is Andrew. Vilenchik, and he is the CEO of CoinsBank, and CoinsBank is having a blockchain cruise in Asia next month. I am headlining it along with John McAfee, January 15 through 19 in Malaysia, Singapore, and Thailand. There will be 700 on board plus 100 people from the media, and this person is going to let me speak in front of these 800 people about the charity, and I want to take my hat off to him. His name is Andrew Vilenchik. He's the CEO of CoinsBank, and um, their website is coinsbank.com, and you can see details about this magnificent cruise that is planned for next month. And hopefully we will be able to raise a lot of money for the charity because he will be giving me an opportunity to talk about the charity. And people will have two choices. They will be able to donate to the charity or they're going to have to jump off the ship 
they won't be able to get away from me. I'm going to be there <laughs> oh. for five days. Yeah, that is. It's beautiful. What was the name of that site again for uh, the cruise? Coins Bank. C-O-I-N-S-B-A-N-K. Coins Bank. Nice. And there will be Excellent. dozens of speakers on the cruise. I think there were a few more spots available. There will be dozens of people uh, speaking, and I will be ho- headlining uh, along with John McAfee, who everybody is well, familiar with. Uh, two, two things, Ronnie. First of all, on behalf of the Bad Crypto Podcast, um, I, I, we just donated $500. Like While you were talking, I went to the website. And we just donated $500 to Food for the Poor. And we you encouraged went to my web, those. My page or their website? I went to your page. I went to foodforthepoor.org forward slash MOAS on behalf of Travis and myself. And we would encourage uh, citizens of bad cryptopia, give generously. This, is, this guy is, you know, he's not about the money. He is out there, uh, you know, giving of himself and his time to do this and uh, you know, let, let's, let's feed the, uh, the world. So appreciate what I you're doing. To, the other I want, thing. I, I have to say one, one thing, first of all, God bless you. And I want you to understand what that $500 just did. I buy 2000 pounds of rice and beans with that $500 and I mm. feed 10 starving children for an entire year with that mm. $50 is 200 pounds of rice and beans. You just donated 2000 pounds of rice and beans and you kept 10, starving children alive for an entire year. Amazing. Great, great stuff. So glad that you're, you're on the ground and doing this and, and making a real difference, Ronnie. And, and I had another question, but I'm so, you know, dumbfounded by <laughs> what you said. I'm, now I'm at a loss for words. People don't do that to us very often, Ronnie. So good job making both of us speechless uh, during a podcast. I, I don't know. I don't think oh, it's I remember. I remember the other... <laughs> I, I remember the other thing, Travis. So uh, we're actually we're, we're so glad that you've uh, joined us for this. And we're going to wrap up here in a second. But when you're with uh, with John McAfee, we've been trying to reach out to him and uh, we'd love to have him come in here and tell us about, you know, what he's going to eat if Bitcoin doesn't, you know, hit a million. <laughs> yeah, is he going to use barbecue you sauce? I mean, podcast? you have to be a certain age. Is this a podcast for people under age 18 or no? <laughs> it, it does have the explicit rating because Travis is known to drop uh, some colorful language from time to time, aren't you, Travis? Do you, know, you want to hear something funny? What John McAfee, if you Google that, word, that five-letter word that he said he was going to eat, with yes. his last name and my last name, we come up in the same article that went viral online. But was in that article, when they said what his price target was, they said he is not the only bull on Bitcoin. Ronnie Moas from Standpoint Research also has a $50,000 target on Bitcoin. So I can Google my last name, his last name, and what he plans on eating. And it pops up in the same article. That's fantastic. Uh, Ronnie Moas, again, you guys go check out what he's doing at standpointresearch.com. And Ronnie, any uh, last in encouragement you would like to give to the citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. Yes, I have something very important to say, actually. I mean, I could speak for another two hours, but I need people to stop following others on Twitter that have no audited track record and no qualifications. There are people selling you technical analysis services on Twitter. 
when when Jamie Dimon said that Twitter was going to go that that Bitcoin was going was, was a scam and the Bitcoin price dropped from 3800 down to 3400 there were these people with tens of thousands of followers on Twitter saying that my chart is telling us we could test 1800 now guess what we're at 12000 these people are you're paying people for, to give you buy and sell signals on Bitcoin, which means every week that at one point or another, they're telling you when to get out of Bitcoin. And some people get out, they go to sleep and the next morning it's trading a thousand dollars higher and they were out of the picture. So this is something that you have to buy and hold. You have to add on dips and don't listen to these chart people. Charts do not apply here. The charts will not tell you what I told you in the last half hour. Yeah, and don't listen to Joel or Travis Wright on that Bad Crypto podcast because they are clueless. Right, Ronnie? <laughs> Why did I say that? Well, no, no, no. No, you, Why, you guys look at charts? No, we're you guys we look don't at do charts? that. We never do. We don't make any I, no, recommendations. No, it's okay to look at ever. charts, but you also have to read the headlines as well because you don't know what, what – you know, we don't know what the news is going to be tomorrow. This, you can't compare Bitcoin to the chart of AT&T stock and look for patterns there. Patterns don't apply. The patterns don't tell you that there is a supply limit here. It doesn't tell you that a million people are opening up accounts every week. So there's, there's a lot of things that you can't see in the chart. And the chart is only going to work in between press releases. Guess what? This press release is coming out every few minutes. Is the chart going to tell you the day before the governments of China, Russia, and the United States have a press conference to determine, you know, to, to tell you what their, their uh, policy is going to be going forward on crypto? Is the chart going to tell you the day before Wall Street comes out with an ETF partnership with Fidelity? So the, 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 the charts look nice, they're very sexy, and they look nice on Twitter. But the bottom line is, if you try to trade this, you have to know when to go in, when to go out, when to go back in again, when to go out. That's called market timing, and it does not work. I had some girl call me last week. She was crying to me on the phone. She says, Ronnie, I got out of Bitcoin last night at $9,700. I thought I would be able to buy it back a few days later at seven dollars or $8,000. She woke up the next morning. It was 11400 She says, what am I supposed to do? It's going to cost me now $1,700 extra to buy the Bitcoin back that I sold last night because someone told me it hit the top of his intraday trading range and that it was a good exit point. All right, you're dealing with something here that could shave years off of your retirement age. Don't be on the sidelines. This is either going to zero or it's going to six figures. I don't think there will be anything in between. You have to decide how much you're willing to risk, and you have to hold on to this for a few years. Well, that's that. You know, that's why we're in this, right? Ronnie Mullis, thank you so much for joining us today. I really love talking with you, and I know that we're going to get a ton of great feedback from our listeners. Uh, apart from going to the Food for the Poor site, is there a website or a, a social media platform that you'd like for people to connect with you on? Yes, uh, my Twitter handle is Ronnie Mullis. That's great. That's R-O-N-N-I-E. The last name is M-O-A-S. That's M like Mary, O-A-S like Susan, at Ronnie Moas. I respond to personal messages myself. I respond to the personal messages myself. Did we tell you or what? Uh, tell, I know you're going to want to share this, right? I mean, this is just powerful, powerful stuff, Mr. Travis, right? Yeah, it is. And I tell you what, I mean, he's going to this event 
in Asia that is this blockchain cruise. And he's going to be one of the speakers there. And also um, John McAfee is going to be there. He asked me if I wanted to come, and I think I'm going to go as well. So I'm going to go hang out with Ronnie and uh, hopefully get uh, John McAfee to come on to a future episode of Bad Crypto, Mr. Jocom. Yeah, and you're going to be – there's going to be a lot of media there as well. So these are exciting times for to be alive um, and great times to be able to go out and make a difference. In fact, Travis and I are going to issue another challenge to you uh-oh, right now. Uh-oh. We already told you that, you know, if you'll just the challenge is go share the episode mm-hmm. and, and we don't need we shouldn't even need to tell you that. But obviously, uh, you know, we love here's when you one do reason that, but- why here's one reason why, folks, we are literally 12. What like at this point when this goes live, we're a week away from our one millionth download potentially, mm-hmm. but we are a week away from our five-month anniversary of the show. When we debuted it on July uh, 18th, we came up with it on July 16th, and on December, right, December 16th or December 18th, that is our five-month anniversary. If we could get a million downloads, a million downloads before six months, Mr. Joel Kahn, that just shows how how much our fans are so awesome. They're tuning in. They're loving it. The baddest. Well, here, here's here's the other challenge is that if you will go ahead and also donate to foodforthepoor.org, mm. org, the, the the link is foodforthepoor.org forward slash moas m o a s. You need to go through that link. That's Ronnie's campaign. If you will donate at least twenty five dollars. Okay, this is a donation. It's tax deductible. Um, if you will donate and forward your receipt to us at badcryptopodcastgmail.com, we'll give you a million bad coin. They're worthless tokens, but you know what? Uh, it's our way of saying thank you for joining us in giving to a, a worthwhile cause, you know, saving lives, and it's it's totally worth it. So make sure when you forward it to us, forward your receipt to badcryptopodcast at gmail.com and include your BitShares user ID. Very important. Uh, and uh, we'll send you a million bad coin just to say thank you so much for helping out. And here is what $25 will give. He said, what is that? That is going to be approximately, it's close. Actually, if you give 50, that would be enough to feed what one kid for the whole year. Yeah, pretty much. I can't remember how many pounds it's, it was, you guys just heard it. It's, you know, we did the interview earlier. You just heard it live right now. So, um, whatever it was, it's a crap ton of rice and beans. And, um, you know, it's got, got to give you the good feels to know that you're participating in that. Yeah. I would say what if you donate over a hundred, we'll give you 1.5 million. Uh, you know what you donate over, donate over a hundred. We'll make it 2 million. Okay. 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 Nice. So 25 or more. Uh, gets you a million bad coin and a um, hundred dollars or more gets you two million bad coin. You are not buying bad coin, by the way, just to be clear, it is not a security. It is a token. You're making a donation to food for the poor. And uh, when you forward your receipt, we're just going to give you a little something to say thank you. But the tokens are free. Tokens are free and worth nothing, but they're cool to collect. They all look the same. And we are not. <laughs> unlike Ronnie Moas, we are not financial advisors so thanks again for listening we love you so much it hurts and we will catch you guys soon oh we got a surprise coming your way shortly uh a a christmas a bad cryptomist surprise so stay tuned for that stay bad who's bad 
The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia and to the Republic for which it stands. Thousands of cryptos. One Bitcoin. (laughs) One Bitcoin and a fork. With decentralization and (laughs) transparency for everyone.